Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. Buck Showalter, you covered him. You covered the Orioles a few years ago, I did. like five years ago. Showering praise on Jose Brios. We have to get to Buntgate with you at some point here, oh, Derek. Oh, boy. Uh, Derek is my co-host on the Touch Em All podcast, and he covers the Twins for 1500ESPN.com. But do you think Jose Barrios, I mean, he ain't going to shut everyone out every time he pitches, but do you think this was his step into that ace category of starters across baseball? Yeah. Or are you still in full weight? No, 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 no. That was his coming out party. That's a pretty good lineup over there, and the Twins made it look bad for three games in a row. Uh, I think that the most encouraging thing you can say about Barreos is that he was as dominant and as efficient as he was, and I don't even think he featured his best pitch. Like, for my money... Change up? For my money, his best pitch is that two-seamer. Okay. That sprints across the entire plate. Now, he's had trouble spotting it in the past, but when that pitch is on, it's an elite pitch in all of baseball. You're talking like, in, in my opinion, this is opinion, I don't have the numbers to back this up, you're talking like the Corey Kluber breaking balls... The Clayton Kershaw curveballs, the big time fastballs that you see across the league, Severino, Chris Sale, etc. The two seam fastball from Jose Barreos is absolutely in that category of pitch. He didn't really even use it so the other day. He's dominating guys with his fastball and curve. He did throw two of them to Manny Machado in their first it was the the second at bat of the game. And he busted him in twice and Machado had to move his hands out yeah. of the way. And, and the yep. second time Machado kind of looked back at the umpire like he was he was annoyed that he almost got hit by pitches. But you know what? You should make those hitters uncomfortable. Yes. Manny Machado is one of the most dangerous hitters in the league, and Barrio said, I'm going to back you off the plate with my two-seamer and then get you out over here in a couple pitches after this is done. I so, also covered Manny out. Machado in that summer, uh, spent in Baltimore covering Buck Showalter, and I can tell you that's Manny Machado. That's him that's saying, like, get, getting hey, annoyed and stuff. Or? come on, like, like, what are you even complaining about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on, he threw a tough pitch that's going to make it harder for me to make loud contact my yeah. next time up. And then, credit to Barreos, this is what I think is impressive. It's not just spot the fastball and you're great. It's spot the fastball, get some strikeouts with that four-seam fastball. Second time through the order, you face Machado, Adam Jones again. Mm -hmm. Drop that big breaking ball. He's got two different breaking balls, and he used them effectively the second time through. You're leaving Orioles hitters, which I said, a good lineup. You're leaving them guessing and looking bad at multiple different pitches. I think... That outing was absolutely an encouraging step forward for Braille. So when, when you, you say that, too, how, how much more do you, do you think is there, Derek, as far as if, yeah. if he didn't use his two-seamer on Sunday, how much do you watch him and say? Because I, I told Phil this. What I like about this kid is the progression makes perfect sense. It's He came up a couple years ago and and certainly had the stuff, appeared intimidated at times. But then he made the step last year where you said, oh, whoa, it's coming together. But you still you still said there's more there. Yes. And yep. now what you saw on Sunday was, holy cow, this is impressive. But to your point, how much more of a step is there? Well, how much more is there? Does he go to a no-hitter? Does, does he go to a perfect game after that? Like a two-hit shutout's pretty good. No, John right. already ran that take by me and Dave, and we had the same answer. Like <laughs> Perfect games every time. Then a super perfect game. Yeah. 27 pitches. 18, 18 innings, he pitches the whole thing. Yes, he never right. comes up. But how much, But you know, I mean, okay. if, if you're saying he didn't use his best pitch, right. that's, well, pre- that's a pretty impressive thing to... Save for for the guy pitching a complete game, yeah. three hitter. Smart ass takes aside, I think that there there are two oh, things that, that are that are really really impressive, and that's that 
he does have these multiple pitches that are all effective. He's got, I think, two different breaking balls. I don't know if he gets enough credit for changing that look. He's got the two-seamer I just talked about. His four-seamer's legit mid-90s, and he can run it up in the zone for swings and misses like he did yesterday. And he's also got the changeup, which he only throws about 10% of the time. But I think it can be a pretty good pitch for him. That's an ace. Like That yes. is what is the making of an ace. A big league ace. I, I don't think he's yes. quite there yet, Judd, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's one of the top 20 pitchers in baseball this year. Uh, one of the top 20 starting pitchers in all of baseball, and that's a that's a really big step forward. I I looked at him this winter and I said, okay, good year after a disappointing kind of first tour through. But is 2017 as good as he can be? I, I still think that there's more. And the flip side of that coin is you're worried about that second-year step back. You always are. You have to be. Hey, this guy had a good showing. We all assume he's going to build off of it, but how many times, guys? Have we seen it go the other way and he kind of struggles that next time around? I think it would be a big, big development for the Twins if Barrios is that top 20, 25 pitcher in baseball, and he's perfectly capable of being that guy. Yeah, it's it's something that you almost, you have to have that and then probably get another one like that if you want to win the World Series in in today's game or have sure. or have a bullpen that can just, like like the Yankees bullpen, um, Oda Rizzi is going to be one to watch because he had, in 2015, against the toughest offensive division in baseball, where you're facing the Blue Jays lineup, and this is three years ago now, so Jose Batista was still viable, and Edwin Encarnacion, and uh, Josh Donaldson may have been in Toronto at that time. I know that he was he, that he faced Josh Donaldson. Yankees lineup, Red Sox, and that guy had a 3.30 ERA in that division, he could still have that in him in a weaker division. Could Jake Odorizzi, I don't think is a number one ace caliber starter like Barrios, but in him as a former first round pick is a rock solid playoff caliber rotation guy. Yeah. That's I, my thought on him. Well, and he's not alone in that regard. The Twins added Lance Lynn, who's pitching today, and watch, I'm going to say this and he'll get shelled, but he is a perfectly capable number three starter. Jake Odorizzi, same deal. Mm-hmm. Kyle Gibson, I think, is a perfectly capable number three starter. If he has legitimately taken that ne- next step forward, I think he has. So you're now talking about a rotation that's pretty interesting. You get Irvin Santana back. Trevor May should be healthy June 1st. I'm not saying that this is the best rotation in baseball by any means, but I do think that it's a big, significant step forward for the Twins coming off of what they had last year, how many pitchers they had to tro- toss out there and just basically beg them to start a game. Mm-hmm. Hey, will you please try to get through three innings and then we'll go to the bullpen as soon as we have to. Now, even if somebody gets hurt, like Irvin Santana, they're able to absorb that injury much, much more capably than they were last year. And Odorizzi is a big reason why. Basically get him for nothing this winter, and I think he's going to be a rock-solid mid-rotation starter. Do you still uh, try and start May at this point when, when he comes back, or do you, with with the potential depth of, of the rotation, Derek, Yeah, bring him back as a bullpen guy, possibly groom him to be a starter in 2019, but except the fact that he can pitch out of the bullpen for you uh, when he does come back Just, in, what, June? Yeah, my personal opinion is that he's a starting pitcher. Right. I would try I to that. have him in yeah. the starting rotation. I would I would expire every possibility that that won't work first. I That's my plan A, B, and C with Trevor May. But circumstances could dictate something different. I mean, you've got five or six starters that are healthy and rolling. Well, then maybe you look to the bullpen with a guy like May. I had somebody on, I did a Facebook live chat yesterday for 1500 on uh, just the uh, 
seventh inning, I just took over the Facebook page and was like, hey, any questions? And somebody asked, is Trevor May a closer candidate? Now, that's getting five steps too far ahead of ourselves, but he does have the stuff. I could absolutely see that happening. There'd be a number of things that would have to break first for that to even be a conversation. But I do legitimately consider Trevor May, when he's healthy, one of the five best starters in this organization right now. So I would say I'm very curious to see if he can be a starting pitcher, too, because obviously – um, if if you can get 180 to 200 innings out of a really good pitcher, you would rather do that than only get 60 or 70 innings out of a really good pitcher. But for the purposes of this year, because of rotation depth and Fernando Romero is 23 years old, starting at AAA, he'll be ready unless he gets shelled. You know, as a if he gets shelled at AAA, then his clock will slow down in terms of when he's going to get called up. Uh, it makes more sense for me, Trevor May, limit the innings, bullpen roll this year get him back up against major league hitters and then maybe next year you look to depending on what happens with Lance Lynn's contract it's you know it's going to expire Kyle Gibson then you can explore him as a starting pitcher so my guess is he comes back as a reliever but that doesn't mean he can't be a starter in the future sure i just think the twins did fairly well to add good arms to their rotation this winter Lance Lynn on a 1 year 12 million dollar deal looks pretty good and then it looks great when you compare it against what Alex Cobb Basically the same pitcher got in Baltimore. I mean, four year was it fifty seven million yep. when you count deferred money? Yes, that's correct. That's a lot of money for basically another mid rotation starter. The twins got it for one and twelve. And then they give up their fourth best shortstop prospect by all accounts for another solid mid rotation starter in Jake yeah. Odorizzi. Now if Jose Barreos takes that next step forward, if Kyle Gibson is legitimately here now, which it looked like he was over his final twelve starts last year. That's a really solid rotation in terms of depth. Now, they still don't have like Chris Archer. They don't have Clayton Kershaw unless Boreos kind of plays himself into that, the back end of that mix. But I don't know that you even need that ace to get to October. This Twins team, as it's currently constructed, I think could win 90 games and be in the playoffs with the starting rotation that it has right now. Yeah, and they have so much ammunition. If they want to make a move, they can make a move. Um, now, they might lose their next three games in the tone of this conversation. This is the, this is the nature of baseball, too, where... Take I know the temperature you, today. Yeah, like you and I were talking on the podcast yesterday. Logan Morrison, what do you think? Oh, my God, he doesn't have a hit yet, and he's looking pretty bad in three games. Well, Logan Morrison might be bad for two or three weeks, for all we know. And he's not playing today because he's a designated hitter, and Joe Maurer is going to play first base. But no matter what... I think you have to combine, okay, it's early, small sample sizes don't mean anything, but if it's something like Jose Barrios and he's validating what we think he can be, maybe put a little more stock into something like that. I put stock into his start and definitely Odorizzi's start. The fastballs look good. They were hitting their spots. Odorizzi was getting swings and misses against the Orioles. Here's another guy who didn't even use all of his repertoire. He did use his fastball a lot. It's all untapped. Yes, it's exactly right. Real, they, well, you don't want to show too much. Everything's untapped. <laughs> if the Yankees what you're are, telling me is they threw their secondary pitches and still won. The Yankees are advanced <laughs> scouting for that October series. You don't want to show too much. Don't give them too much of the playbook. So, no, 14 at-bats, two home runs, eight strikeouts. Do you just shrug at this point? Yes. And just say that's just him? Two good signs. One, he has that... Andrew Cashner tries to come inside with a two-strike fastball, and he's just like, no chance. <laughs> Zero chance you're getting that by me. I'm pulling that out of the seats to left field. Dude, the Orioles pitchers, like, it's been a thing for them for years. Yeah, like, they just going to be a long season. Yeah, Andrew Cashner. Andrew but, Cashner is one of those guys where every time he's on a new team, you think, really? Like, there's huh? Another yeah, team's giving that deal? guy a chance. Huh? Huh? All right. Well, and the other good signs, if you want to call it that, from Sano, 
Oppo power yesterday. Yes. That was impressive to be able to hit that ball so far out to right, right center. And he hasn't embarrassed himself in the field. I mean, he's a big guy, and I gave him criticism for that in spring training, coming to camp out of shape. But the plays that he was given this weekend at third base, he made them. He makes the charge play. He makes the backhanded arm play. He's an impressive third baseman, especially when you look at him compared with other guys who play the position. So it's just one weekend. Let's not rush to judgments and say he's probably going to play 156 games this year or anything like that. That's the important thing. We'll wait and see. But the early signs, despite the strikeouts, I think it could find a lot of positives for Sano, too. Yeah, the only thing with him at third base, you look at... If you're gonna if you're gonna reverse engineer a great third baseman, okay, Nolan Arenado. Let's start with him. Yeah. Okay. What what are his what are his dimensions? Well, he's about six foot two, six foot three, and he's like two hundred twenty pounds. Okay. Well, I got a guy over here who's about two hundred eighty to three hundred pounds. Uh, is it possible you can be as cat like as the Arenados and the Josh Donaldsons? The answer is no. No. Right. <laughs> can Can you stick at third base? You'd like to see him more nimble, and you'd like to see him not, you know, laboring after he runs twenty feet to yeah, catch a pop up. But, but the only thing I really want to see him improve is consistency, staying on the field, and then it's that play going to your left. Like, unless you have Andrelton Simmons playing at shortstop, you need to be able to make some plays to your left, and we haven't seen that much from Sano. But the charge play coming in on a bunt, or the backhanded play where he just plants a foot and fires a rocket over. He can make both of those just as good arm. as just as good as the uh, Donaldsons and Arenados, but the, I'm not comparing them as third baseman. The whole yeah. the whole package is not quite there yet for Sonata. All right, we had outrage yesterday after the game was over. Outrage. Brian Dozier leading the outrage. We'll talk about Buntgate when we come back. Derek Wetmore talking Twins with us from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Bunting for a base hit, they'll get one. Is that one's going to stay fair? Oh, there Fans you go. Stand up and applaud. Yeah. Well, hey, they give it to you, take it. Yes, and that should be the end of it. But now, according to Brian Dozier, who's a great player, but I don't understand why he views baseball the way that he does sometimes. So if you're Chance Sisko in that spot, all right, and your team is dying to get a base runner down 7 to nothing, you're trying to win the game still if you're the Orioles, right? And Jose Barrios has been untouchable all day. And the defense is shifting you to the right side of the infield, and you get up there and you drop a bunt down. Are you supposed to call timeout and say, hey, real quick, I just want to check with Doge out there. Doge, hey, um, uh, Miguel, hey, I'm thinking about dropping a bunt, but I just want to make sure it's not disrespectful, okay? So I just, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to bunt, but I'm kind of thinking about it. Am I going to offend you at all, or right. are we good? Well, there's some nuance there, too. You guys just played the Gary Thorne clip. He's the Orioles uh, color commentator. He's awesome, yeah. There's some nuance there that I watched that highlight from the O's perspective, and I think they were a little annoyed at Chance Cisco for dropping down the bunt, which is like... What are we doing here, guys? What? Why? Why is it okay for the Twins up seven nothing with a guy like Barreos de- dealing, like absolutely mowing them down? You are scratching and clawing to try to get any kind of a rally started, and then they put on the advantageous play to try to take away more base hits from you to shift. Yes. An extreme infield shift where Miguel Sano is standing on second base and everybody else is on the other side of the infield. Where in this unwritten rule book does it say that you can't take that free base hit by you're trying to maximize your odds? The Twins are trying to maximize theirs. Chancisco is well within his right. I think the outrage 100%. is ridiculous. The kid did the exact correct thing. And apparently, this is something they've talked about in Orioles spring training that, hey, since I covered the this is 2013, we're going back a ways now, that Chris Davis. 
hit, I think he hit 53 bombs that year. And every time he put the ball in play on the ground, it was a pull. So you started to see, like, this is, I mean, even before everyone was shifting, everyone was shifting Chris Davis because you just put four fielders over there sure. and yeah. some of his ground balls to short right field would be ground outs. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the smart strategy if you're trying to take away hits from Chris Davis. I talked to their hitting coach at the time and I said, isn't there a case to be made that he should just like, Learn to do what Joe Maurer does. I, I've been watching Joe Maurer for a number of years. And like, Just learn to sort of just inside out that thing and go the other way. And the hitting coach at the time said, uh, yes, like there are free hits there, but it's not as easy as just saying doing what one of the best hitters in baseball could do. Yeah. Not everybody can do that. Fast forward to 2018 and, and, spring training. And Joe Maurer, by the way. That's the opposite. Like going he, the other he way. hits the ball in two spots as well. So when Joe Maurer opens up on an inside fastball and pulls it to right field and you had shift going the other way, is that Bush League? Is that going against the rules? Because, well, we had the shift going this way and he hit it over here. Yeah. Or does it depend on the time of game well, that and, Maurer's allowed and to and pull the, the ball? And, and you're okay. So if you actually, if you change your stance and, and spray the ball towards left field as a hit, that's fine. But if you bunt, it's not fine. Hockey used to be the stupidest sport of the code, right? The the code is if you do this, you're going to get hockey beat up. might still be hockey, the stupidest. No, sport no, of the baseball code. has now surpassed it. Okay. Ba- baseball has, and here's what drives me nuts. I mean, in hockey, you can't step on the logo in the room. It's I mean, they're, they're they both cover, and you have to call it the room. Your guy's sport has surpassed it. They're and, both very pretentious. And, I'm yeah. but, but here's what drives me nuts. Baseball is full. It's filled with some of the brightest young minds, right? Analytics, and these people are really smart. Well, and front office, yes. yes no, no, but my point is, these th- this thought process has been incorporated into baseball, which should mean that what the kid did in bunting was very smart. He took advantage of a situation, Free he hits. bunted and got a hit. And instead, instead, you got Doge complaining. You got Brio saying, I don't care if he bunts, but it's bad for baseball. It's not good for baseball. It's bad for... There might have been a translation thing there, too. But but the point being is, everyone should have said, if we shift, he can bunt. Right. That should have been the end. It's very simple. That should have been your answer. If you're you're Dozier, that's your answer. If we elect to... Because shifting means you're continuing to play the game, which is great. You're trying to maximize your percent chance of winning. But you are professional athletes. And so the Twins were attempting to do their job. But now they're saying, but the Orioles kid, because he's young, because he doesn't know better. That's the insinuation. That's a ridiculous Go get him out. Go get him out. I was talking about Orioles 2013 and like, ah, can Davis go the other way? Can he just beat this thing? It was a point of emphasis in spring training this year for Buck Showalter and the Orioles to beat shifts. Hey, if they're going to play these heat maps and say, hey, this is where we hit it most often, we should try to take advantage. And look... If they're going to give you a free base hit, then take it. The Especially Twins did twice this weekend. Rosario dropped a bunt down, mm-hmm. and Kepler, with just a good piece of kind hitting, of a squib hit, yeah. hit a little. You know, it was like a you know, like eighty miles an hour off the bat. It wasn't a scorcher, but it was a double. He went the other way. He took a fastball the other way. Yeah, but Phil, it wasn't a seven run lead at that point. So that's a good point. That's, yeah, that you got to know when it's okay to steal hits. I love Dozier saying too. I mean, how condescending and pretentious is him saying? I was going to say something on second base, but they've got great veteran leadership over there. <laughs> Brutal. And then of Brutal. course, I think the Orioles veteran lead. Dave found this before the show. Like the Orioles veteran leaders are like, uh, we you know what's we great? We don't uh, give a crap. Brian Dozier say. was not born here in Minnesota, but that is a perfect Minnesotan answer. The most passive-aggressive, condescending thing you could possibly yeah. say is, well, I would have taken care of it, but I'm sure their guys over there, they got some 
some good veterans. They're going to take care of Adam Jones, yeah, Chris Davis. They're, I'm sure they're going to handle it. You know, I don't know if you guys saw this quote from a Rock Kabatko blog. He's a, he's a, I think he works at uh, Masson Sports now, covers the Orioles. It, Orioles insider Rock Kabatko is talking to Brady Anderson, who's a, you know, like an executive VP and, Baltimore's front office, and Brady had this to say, which he had is one huge year in the front office yeah. too, and it's been kind of yes. mediocre since. Yeah, ever since. And we're not sure suspicions <laughs> of that great year, except he was taking a lot of shots in his butt back then too. And so his point on this like veteran leadership thing, Brady did exactly what you should say to a condescending remark like that, which was, "Is he being Brian Dozier? Is he the arbiter of how the game should be played?" Yeah. Here's a continued quote from that Rock Kabako piece by Orioles exec Brady Anderson. Chance's age is irrelevant, and although we do have veteran presence here, that type of advice was not needed because he did what was correct, which was to reach base any way possible, end yes. quote. Amen. Brady Anderson, the voice of reason for the Orioles in this. And they started a rally. They load the bases. They give themselves a chance against a pitcher who basically all day they had no chance. Yeah. I don't even get how this has turned into a point of contention. It should have been over as soon as it started. Oh, Miguel Sano was the only guy even close to the left side of the infield. That was our choice. Well, they made the counter move. Okay. This is, Phil and I talked about this on the podcast the other day. This is the NBA team that packs the paint, and they get mad when you shoot three-pointers over them and shoots you out of the gym. We're going to pack the paint because, you know, we're up by 25. We're going to pack the paint because we don't need to drive. But if you shoot a three, it's also... We don't want any easy layups, so we're going to pack the paint. This is why your your code... But don't shoot over us. This is why your code now for baseball is worse than hockey. But here's the the difference, though. Most fans look at the code and say, that's absurd. Whereas hockey fans surround themselves and drape themselves with the code. There was an insinuation on the Twins radio broadcast yesterday that when the Orioles come here in July... The yes. Twins will take care of this. Oh, and, hey, okay. I hope that they do because that's a free column for me. Somebody gets suspended. That is <laughs> oh, a, a immediate ejection. goonish behavior if the Twins decide to take advantage of it July 5th. Well, they- Derek, good stuff, dude. Thanks, guys. 15hardyspn.com and the Touch Em All podcast. Hey, Touch Em All listeners. Derek Wetmore here. We love you guys, and we keep hearing from you how much you love us. If that's true, we want you to prove it in three ways. Phil? Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1500ESPN. Number two, we want iTunes reviews. Four and five stars on the Touch Them All podcast to let us know you're listening. And three, take a selfie in your best sweater and tweet it at Derek Wetmore, the sweater king. (laughs) 